Well, I want to thank you all for being here today and for our wonderful devotion leader and our praise team singers. Thank you so much. Just a marvelous service in worshiping and honoring the Almighty God. I want to welcome um, our visitors and want to welcome everyone that is here today. Last week, as you know, there was a red flag alert and we were not able to be outside, but we were on the phone. We started our first service during the COVID-19 by being on the phone. I think it was the third Sunday in March. So around the 22nd or the, that would have been the fourth. So the eighth was our last service here. Then on the 15th, we decided to cancel. So that following Sunday on the 22nd, we had our first service on the phone. And that went all the way until June the 7th. As soon as the county had mentioned Churches can have services outside. I had always thought about being in rebellion and worshiping inside anyway, but we didn't do it. We were talking, and so we were able to set up outside. So I'd been thinking and planning how we could do it, and so the Lord has blessed us to have the ability, as Sister Michelle was saying not just a couple of weeks ago, we have our outlets, some right along the wall here, so we can bring everything out, have a little you know, overhang here. Uh, we didn't have the canopies the first time, but we were able to get some canopies so that you could be comfortable. And it was right at the time when the weather was had gotten pretty warm. We had that, that hot spell. Now, when Marin City, we'd say when Marin City is hot, it's hot everywhere. <laughs> we always get that marine layer. And so if it is hot for a couple of days, you can be sure you won't be hot for the entire week. But that went on for a while. And so we are grateful today for a little coolness. You always know that. If you come to Marin City, you need to bring your jacket. One person said, the coldest winter I had is the summer I spent in San Francisco. <laughs> Last week, we took a detour. And we never take really a detour in the Word of God. But we decided to go to the book of Psalms. And we chose Psalm 139 and read a passage from there that, yeah, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So we, because I, I do series, we decided that I didn't want to continue the series on the phone. So we're going to pick up again with our series in the book of Timothy. Well, I should say we're doing the series in, in Timothy, but today I'm going to pick up with a passage in Acts chapter 6, 1 through 6 today. So if you have your Bibles, and if you have your phones, you can just, if you might be able to get your Wi-Fi here, you can just go to PICF free, and you should be able to log on. So if you're in your Bibles, if you want to follow along, I'm going to be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. I'm going to be reading the first six verses of Acts chapter 6. The last time that we were together, we were reading 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13. I'm going to pick up with the same title, but this is part two. I will read the passage, then give you the title and give you our first point from last week. But then I'm going to jump right into our message and have you out on time. Today, God, we are grateful for your presence. We thank you for your wonderful kindness to us. We thank you for your love, and we pray today that you will give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Reads as thus. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint 
by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and some may say Prochorus or Prochorus, Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. The title that we gave last time, and this is part two, is The High Standard for a Servant. The High Standard for a Servant. The first point that we, we spoke on last time was avoiding the negatives and pursuing the positives. And that was taken from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. Today we want to pick up with a second point, and that is, the complaint is lodged. The complaint is lodged. When we consider the book of Acts, and we look at 1 Timothy, when Paul began to address to Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy, how leaders had to conduct themselves he gave a description of the character of how the pastors, or what we would call the bishops, the elder, the, presbut the presbyteros, the presbyter, how they had to be selected and what the criteria was. Right after he addressed this matter, he then went to the deacons. And you will find in the list in 1 Timothy chapter 8 a very, excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, a very similar list of what is expected for a person to serve in the office of deacon. In the book of Acts, while many believe and say that the first deacons came from the calling of the seven in Acts chapter 6, and we do believe that the responsibilities and the service that they provided actually came to possibly set the tone of what a deacon was to do. Many believe that deacons were first established by the seven that were chosen in Acts 6. For some of the Jewish people that were returning to Jerusalem, after the, the diaspora, the dispersion, some began to return to Jerusalem because there had been the ability based on some of the kings saying, you may return home. I'm just going to do kind of more teaching today and just give you some information as we share. But those that had returned, some of them returned home because some in their older age wanted to die in the holy city. They didn't want to die in a foreign land. So as opportunity came up, many of the Jewish people that had been taken to Babylon returned home 
And with them, and even others after, many of them wanted to die in the holy city. The individuals that returned from the different areas or different places of the dispersion, the diaspora, many of those that returned to Jerusalem came home and found that the city, as you know, had been ransacked, had been devastated. Many of the widows that came back to Jerusalem, many of them who had come with their husbands, left some of the family members in some of the other places, many of whom may not have returned. And so when the husband passed away, many would be destitute. There had been a Jewish practice in Jerusalem from those that had returned in the book of Acts and that were living there. There had been a daily distribution that had been given to those that were in need. When you look at the Old Testament and you look at the New Testament, you will find that God had a real tender heart for the widows and the orphans. And it was always the responsibility of the church and the fellowship of believers to make sure that their needs were met because they had no one to to defend them or to care for them. And so it was incumbent upon the church or the family of believers to help meet the need for those that could not take care of themselves. Now, the diaspora, if you consider the one of the key invasions in 722 B.C., Israel was taken into captivity. They were taken in 722 B.C. to Assyria. Now, the sister Judah had been watching all that had been happening And the Lord said that if you don't follow me, if you disobey me, I will call other cause other nations to come in and to remove you from the land. It won't be forever. But once your heart turns back to me, one of the things I am very convinced of and very sure of is that when we fail to adhere to God's word, God does eventually send judgment. You see, judgment is sent for the purpose of really correcting and helping to bring about a change. Oftentimes you will find God giving warnings and giving the opportunity to change. But when people continue to go their own way, eventually judgment has to set in. It is always for the purpose, or I should say for God's sake, for the perspective of two things. To provide chastisement for disobedience with the hope that the judgment will cause the person to turn back to him. So when that first dispersion, or we consider dispersion in 722, happened, Judah was watching, and they failed to really adhere to God's word. The Lord said, and sent prophets, and he sent leaders, and said, you need to change, or I'm going to come and provide judgment. There's going to be others that's going to come and remove you from the land. You'll find the major and the minor prophets speaking of this. Well, they refused to adhere to hear what God was saying. And we find that in 605 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon traveled 500 miles to Jerusalem, to Judah, and took captives. He said a siege against the city and took some of the Israelites to Babylon. Now, it is believed that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's their names from their Babylonian names. Many believe that they were taken in 586, but 
actually, I believe they were taken in 605 B.C. in the first invasion. Well, from 605 to 597 B.C., those that had been left in Jerusalem began to rebel again. And so some said, we don't want to keep paying taxes to Babylon. And so some began to try to make alignments with other nations. And King Nebuchadnezzar came back a second time. So in 597 B.C., he came back and took more of the Israelites to Babylon because there was rebellion by the king that had been set in place. Well, 597 came and then there was another rebellion. I'm thinking, wait a minute, don't y'all, don't you, let me, don't you see (laughs) that God has been sending judgment and the purpose is that go ahead and make sure you obey and do what you need to do. God says you're going to be in captivity for seven years, 70 years, and just go on and just go through your punishment. And the Lord says, I'm going to return you. No, they decide to rebel. And in 586, Nebuchadnezzar came back for a third time. Devastated the city. This time he burned the temple, took some of the artifacts out of the temple, and took remaining ones, many of them, back to Babylon. This was done because of disobedience to God's word. I'm convinced that God still sends judgment upon the land. As I've been looking at some of the events taking place in our world today, I've had to pause and say, God, I think you're speaking. I don't think some of the things that are happening in the disasters, because the Bible speaks of things happening in the last days, are by chance. But you see, many people are not hearing and they're not listening. They don't. See, just, I was amazed when I was hearing about the, 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 the hurricane and with the category four, Laura. It started as a tropical storm. And within moments of hours, it turned into a category four. And they saw it building. And I'm thinking, wow, so we've got fires a few years ago. That the conditions they said were perfect to create this firestorm that happened up north. I got a call from one of our members. Sister Ruby said, Pastor, by one o'clock, are you all okay? I'm in bed. Yeah, we're, why? We're fine. Lo and behold, I get another call a little bit hour, uh, um, a few hours later from another person asking about it. I said, you know, we better take a look and see what's happening. And there's all this activity outside our house. And I'm thinking, Lord, what's going on? Well, the fires, we didn't know. But the winds were eerie that night. The way they were blowing and this fire just took off and it was incredible. Then we had another fire. Then we had now these fires that's happening by lightning strikes. Perfect conditions, they say, these, these dry lightning storms. Setting fires in various places. You have unusual storms and patterns happen. And, and God said that he would use the elements to bring judgment. And so today I do believe that these events that are happening are just not natural, but God is speaking. Now, I'm not one to oftentimes say the Lord is speaking to me. And say, I don't know. I say I don't hear voices, <laughs> but the Lord will speak to my heart at times. He prompts me. With certain things and prompts you too. 
And what I do is I look, oh, what does the word of God say? Now, some people are saying they're hearing from the Lord and it's not in the word of God. They're hearing something. It might have been that pepperoni pizza they had the night before. (laughs) But Nebuchadnezzar had come and then they were taken. Now, once the media, media Persia had taken Babylon off the scene, as the Lord gave the information of the different nations that would come, you later have later Alexander the Great and others. But you have the Lord giving warning. And so when the time came for the people to return, you have Nehemiah and some of the other prophets that are given prophecies and began to make return. The kings began to allow the people to return. You have people that returned to Jerusalem. Now, when Peter gave a wonderful message in the book of Acts, after the Lord had risen and they had, the Lord was doing great works after the Holy Spirit came, you have great things taking place. Peter gave a wonderful message in the book of Acts, talking about the wonderful goodness of Christ, the, the Savior whom they had killed, and the fact that what they were seeing taking place, it was because of Christ, the Savior, going back to glory and the Holy Spirit coming. Those that were listening to the messages said, we are from all these different parts of the world, had come back to Jerusalem. Many would come back during the time of the festivals and the feasts. And they said, we hear the word of God being preached. But many of these people had, were from the dispersion and they had come to the place of Jerusalem and had returned home. Now, quickly, I need to move on. The Hellenists, as we read, were Jews, but they were Jews that spoke Greek. So we would say Greek-speaking Jews, the Hellenists. The Hellenists that came back to Jerusalem, their primary language was Greek, while the Jews that were in Jerusalem spoke Hebrew or, or, and Aramaic. When this matter came up in regards to the daily distribution of food, one has to realize and to remember That the Lord gave the apostles the responsibility of carrying forth his word into all the nations. Preached the word. He said that in Matthew 28 before he left. And so the disciples, after the Holy Spirit came, he said, but first go to Jerusalem and stay there until you have been endued or given the power of the Holy Spirit before you can go do your work. Stay there until the Holy Spirit comes. When the Holy Spirit came, they began to minister and to carry out the message that God had given them, that the Lord Jesus had given them. They began to to preach the word, and God showed that he was with them by many wonderful miracles. The disciples, because of what God was doing, the Bible says the church began to grow in a tremendous way. I want to read a passage to you. In in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, it says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands, Or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. After a period of time, 
So let me pause there. When the church began to grow, through no compelling compulsion to have to do this, some individuals decided because of the need, they said, I have a house, I have a place, I have this. And they just began on their own to say, we want to help those in need. And they went and sold property and houses and they brought the proceeds and they laid it at the apostles' feet and says, use it to meet the needs and as you see fit. Now, this is back in Acts 4. Again, remember, the people didn't have to do it. They did it because of their own free will. And the Bible says that there was no need among the people. Let me say this as I oftentimes say. The government's job is not to take care of your needs. It is to protect you. That is their, ma- their mandate. But remember, the government gets from us and then they distribute. In other words, they don't create anything themselves. It was to the body of Christ that the Lord gave the responsibility of meeting the needs of others. So it was a church out of God's glorious will in their lives that gave and did various things. So when you come and when you see devastation that happens around the world and you see many groups, many of the groups are Christian groups that come in to provide help because of what? The love of Christ that's in their heart that, that, that compels them to want to do something. So it was the same with these believers. As they were coming to Christ, many of them were touched in such a way that they did this. Now, why is this important? This is important because the disciples, rather the apostles, which were also disciples, they were the ones evidently that had been in charge of the daily distribution. When the complaint came up, That those that were Hellenists, those that were Greek-speaking Jews, many said our widows are being neglected. The complaint actually was to the apostles. They were the ones distributing. I used to think that it was others, but it was the apostles that the complaint came to. Now, I want you to know what they did. They said to the congregation, choose seven men full of the Holy Spirit, of good character. Don't go trying to find your best friend that you know you always get in trouble with. <laughs> now, we can change. Now, now, like I said, I wasn't always a kind little kid. I did my stuff behind the scenes. <laughs> but he says, find Those that have good character and are full of the Holy Spirit. It was the congregation that chose the seven, not the apostles. When the choosing of the seven took place, the disciples then said, we will pray for them. Then what they did, they then were brought forward. They prayed for the seven. And they give the name of the seven. Two of the names... Stephen and Philip, we hear in Scripture. Stephen, we find being being mentioned first, and it's not by any accident by Luke that he's mentioned first, because we're going to see Stephen martyred a little bit later. But he's mentioned. Philip was the evangelist. This is not Philip the apostle. This is Philip the evangelist. His daughters were um, who prophesied, and he was the one that met the Ethiopian. That day and presented the word of God to him. Many of the others you hear no further thing about in scripture. So when we look at deacons, 
back in Timothy, it is believed because of the need, they were the ones that helped set that in place. Now, quickly, there had already been a practice that had been established that from the proceeds that had been given to the disciples and where they were serving, those that were being served, the Hebraic Jews, there were two distributions. There was a weekly distribution and then there was a daily distribution. One of the problems evidently that seemed to have come up was that there was a lack of being able to communicate because of the different languages. It wasn't that the disciples were doing anything wrong, but they're possibly unable to communicate. Stephen and the seven were to help meet their needs because of being able to communicate and they would know those who were in need. Those that would be given a weekly distribution, they were given money for seven, for 14 meals. Then in the daily distribution, those widows or those that were in need would, would come or the disciples or those deacons, we would say deacons for just their role, would possibly go take whatever it was to those individuals. So the sick and shut-in ministry actually is happening since Leticia back in the book of Acts. So I, don't, I just want you to know that you, you didn't start the sick and shut-in delivery. <laughs> you just carrying on the tradition. <laughs> now isn't it interesting how God used the matter of this ministry To help with the church, there was a real problem in the church. Give me three minutes and I'm going to be done for today. It was a physical need that arose in the early church. A physical need that was a problem that they took seriously and assigned godly people to. Please let me tell you again. I I tell you this constantly. No ministry in the church is less than. It's unimportant. It's not a ministry, I only do this. No, I serve God in this way. Every ministry, whether it is picking up trash, whether it is wiping down the toilet seat, whether it is wiping down the sink, whatever it may be, is important. Why? Because it is a service unto the King of glory. When people say, I really want to do something that's more important. Well, you are doing something important. Because if you come to a church where it always is a, 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 not a good situation in the bathroom, it will be known. So it's important. If you always come to a place where there's an issue, people will know. And so if you are an usher, if you are a person that helps to serve in every capacity behind the scene, those behind the scene often are indispensable to the ministry of the church. So these disciples chose Stephen as one of the leaders and these other six, and you never hear again of the problem. And the Bible says the disciples' job was to preach the word of God and to pray. Now, I want you to note this. These deacons that have been set aside, or these men, I should say, that have been set aside, the Bible says that the apostles laid their hands on them and they prayed for them in their position. I want to encourage you as I bring this to a close. When the Apostle Paul tells Timothy that a deacon has to be above reproach and then goes through and gives the criteria, it is interesting to note that there was a problem that had arisen in the church that could have caused the church to fail and to be a real issue. Please note, 
whenever you have people, you're going to have difficulties. You will never find the perfect church. But you will find a church of people that love God and work things out. Isn't it wonderful that God takes people out of the world and places them right in the body of Christ? That's why I love the church, because it is a mixture of people that God brings in. We are all God's children, and yet some people have not been brought into the fold yet. They're still on the outside, but God's blood still applies to them. And all they have to say, Lord, I accept you. As Savior, apply your wonderful, precious blood to my life. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that you can't pay for it? It's free. You don't have enough money. You, 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 don't, you, you can't offer enough. It is free. And so when the disciples preached, and they said, we want this ministry to be given to those individuals that can be trusted while we take care of what God has called us to do. You all handle this. And the kingdom of God grows. And the Bible says, and the church continue to grow. Today, when we look at roles in the church and look at the responsibility of what it means to be a person from the dispersion, <laughs> we all at one point had failed God. We left him and he brought us back to himself you left. You were in. You were held captive by the enemy. Satan had laid claims to you, and it was the Lord that purchased you with His blood and brought you back to Himself. And so you need to understand that it is only the blood of Christ that saves. Today, God, we honor you in this place, and we thank you for your wonderful kindness. We thank you right now that you thought and saw it important enough. To choose individuals that could represent the church well and, and work to help meet the needs of people so that the word of God in the ministry would be able to go forward. And so today we pray that we will remember that we have a living book, a living word. We have the examples, we have the Holy Spirit working within us, the power of the Almighty God to be able to accomplish all that you have called us to do. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your righteousness. We thank you for your mercy and your love. And we bless you and honor you and give you praise in the matchless and powerful name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. God bless you.